Ladies and gentlemen, promise I'll be quick and brief here. First off, welcome to The Pod Of, which is a podcast by Fernando Madrigal and myself, David Ross, about The Night Of, HBO's new hit series. So for this week, we'll be dissecting episode six of the show, which is titled Samson and Delilah. And uh, the structure of this particular podcast is a little bit different than the previous ones. Uh, So for the first half, Fernando and I will be providing our commentary on the episode which can only be described as uh, intellectual meaninglessness, and that is a that's a lofty um, description of it. And for the second half, which is probably a a more enjoyable listening arrangement, we have an interview with an individual who's become quite crucial in the story's plotline. Let me bring in a snippet of her voice right now. Are you calling from uh, New York? No, I'm calling from D.C. Are you calling? You are calling from D.C. Okay, great, fabulous. Yeah, why? Why does that? I'm in London right now. That's great. Yeah, fabulous. Do, do you do you do you dislike the nation's capital? Do you dislike Washington D.C.? No, no, <laughs> I don't know. I'm so thrilled that you it just is, you know, you're enjoying it in D.C. as well. So that's Amara Karen, who plays Chandra Kapoor. She is the young attorney for for Nazir Khan, uh, alongside John Snow. And she's you know I'm saying this is the episode where she really kind of grabs a hold of the wheel and just starts. I'm saying fucking shit up. So uh, she was gracious enough to Skype in from London to walk through this episode with me. So, uh, so yeah. See, told you this would be brief. Now for the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound. All right. All right. So episode six. six. What's it called? Samson and Delilah. Samson and Delilah. Judges 19 or 16. All right, so Judges 16 is this this episode is Judges 16, right? I mean, like, that's the name of Samson and Delilah. For those of you who haven't picked up the good book in a long time, all right, so. Like the girl Chandra. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, like, um, one day, it begins with this one day Samson went to Gaza. Are you going to read this whole thing? Hell no. <laughs> okay. Hell no. <laughs> I ain't given God the satisfaction. <laughs> Today's going to be the worst day of my life, I got to tell. All yep. Right. <laughs> All right. Samson is One day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night, saying at dawn, we'll kill him. Which is kind of shady. Like, <laughs> all right. Uh, but Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the city gate together with the two posts and tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hills that faces Hebron. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. Also, sure it is. He keeps like, they keep trying to do this to him. Yeah. I'm saying like, from there on, Delilah. Yeah, Delilah talks to him. He keeps giving her false. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the key to my strength. This is the key to my strength. It <laughs> Delilah goes snitches. <laughs> exactly. Every time. Every time. Being like, this is how you do. Every time. Every yeah. time. I mean, like, one day my man finally let his hair down. Let his hair down. Get it? Yeah. Get it? <laughs> I get it. I do, get it. But do you get it though? What I mean, you got it. No, you got it. I'm fucking with you. You got oh. it. <laughs> it's hair because it's his hair. <laughs> yeah. Long story short is so. I mean, like, uh, what is so, it your, so your man driving a hearse knows this by heart somehow. <laughs> Favorite Bible verse. <laughs> That'd be funny if that's all he knows. He's like, I don't really read the Bible like that. 
<laughs> I just don't trust women. <laughs> That's what it is. So I wonder, like, so what are the parallels between that and this episode? Do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously, it comes it comes from uh, from him saying it. Him uh, the the hearse driver re, uh, referencing it with uh, Chandra. I don't know because I mean, it is it's not a coincidence. Sort of, this is like Chandra's sort of standalone episode almost you know yeah uh, we get to see a lot a lot of her background I mean, we know we've, we learned that she had a boyfriend and then broke up with him we see her sort of like getting her feet wet in this loyal world um interesting that you know at the beginning of the, this episode starts out with her going to see the uh the dude in the hearse on the last episode ended with john stone uh chasing after Dwayne reed you think she was running around on him I don't know, Hearst driver, do you? <laughs> Was your boyfriend just a ball of yarn? <laughs> Again, we don't believe in coincidences. Uh, I can see her man just being, I can see her man in the show being some like, some anxious white dude, you know what I'm saying? Who just, you know what I'm saying? Who just yeah. couldn't. Anxious white dude from like New Haven, like who just couldn't who who couldn't handle it. You also you also got to think like uh, uh, maybe they broke up because her workload increased. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. was just you know a couple weeks ago, month ago or so, she was just riding along. He could deal you know? with it. He could deal, he deal with, with it. it. Yeah. Now she got a case on the shoulder. He just he don't feel the love no more. He's not supporting. <laughs> Hashtag masculinity is so fragile. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened to their relationship. Yeah. Right? No, he was like, I, I didn't know you was gonna be working all the time. Yeah. <laughs> was like, I'm a lawyer. What, what do you think? Ed <laughs> representing a murderer, yeah, basically. <laughs> it's high profile. He couldn't handle her success. <laughs> nope. that's what it was. <laughs> that's oh man, that, that's what it is right there. All right, so um, all right, so what? So like, what? What else? First, oh, Dwayne Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwayne still Reed. out there. We don't know. Yeah, now, and you got and you got to think also that uh, D- what question? John, okay, pause. Was that really a coincidence, or was the writer just being lazy? Um, was he just like fuck it? I mean, I think it's it's. I think it was a joke that they thought was gonna be funnier. Yeah. I mean, it's an all right joke. And again, I mean, you don't really live. I mean, I guess you've been in New York more than I have. Yeah, I like, there. Yeah, yeah Reed's so, are everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, as a person who's like only been in New York sparingly, Dwayne Reed doesn't like automatically trigger like this thing in me that I'm like, oh, Dwayne Reed, I get yeah. it. If his name was CVS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I get the joke full stop. I'll be like, ha ha, I'm yeah. Price. You're a genius. <laughs> like, your name is Sardis. Hit <laughs> 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 me with something else, you know what I mean? <laughs> get that shit locally his specific. Was, his name was Kenneth Mart. <laughs> I'll be on it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. His name was Nando's Perry Perry. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, that's global though. Man, this is uh, I guess it is, yeah, yeah. This shit's from South Africa. I thought I was from London, because I don't have them in London. What's it called? I mean, uh, I had I had it in London, but I think it's a South African brand. Okay. But, also, but yeah, the first time I ever had that shit was in London. Uh, dude was like, yo, try this shit. This shit is fire. <laughs> and then five years later, shit comes I mean, that's a whole can, I mean, can you do that with the British accent, though? No. <laughs> I wouldn't even try. Wouldn't that's even, what I wanted you to try. Wouldn't even try. Right, Dave, just give the people what they want. No. Give the I'm, people. I, nah. So we got that. So yeah, the episode starts off with that pretty much. Um, so how did that? How did that? Does that add, has that shifted anything for you? Do you still believe? Um, that- I mean, I think this episode. I mean, toward the end of the last episode with the Dwayne Reed stuff, and this episode, it's just like 
I think the, I think the show is just doing the thing where they're just coming up with a lot of red herrings. Yeah. So we get the Hearst driver in this episode, Dwayne Reed, like we already talked about. The episode ends with uh uh the stepdad now being a, another another suspect, another like I mean suspect to us the audience and yeah. maybe John Stone, but not like suspect in the actual case. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's what this episode was doing a lot of like laying a lot of like red herrings, laying a lot of like oh these other people might have killed him. Yeah, but really, come on now. We know it was Nas. Nas did it. Okay, him or OJ. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's that's what the you know scene with the Hearst driver was. That's what the scene between John Stone and like uh, the financial attorney was. Who I always think is that he was the dude. He's in Road Trip. That's what I always think of him as like. Oh the, yeah, the, the with weed. The drugs. Yeah, 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 he does good in it though. Yeah, he yeah. does good in this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wait so a second. He does all right. Andrea's stepdad mm-hmm. is clearly seen as like a shady, like an right. increasingly shady individual. He just don't add up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He rem- pops up alone at the uh, at the trial. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we have that argument that him and that that uh, the the financial advisor details in this episode. You know. Yeah. But very much, you know, painting him as that like younger man looks for older woman. Uh, uh, you know, something happens with the older woman, then he gets a bunch of the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The fin- yeah financial advisor yeah. tells him that he felt threatened by dude. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, your boy, um, whatever his name is from Boardwalk Empire, <laughs> is uh, he is. Uh, see, I, I don't know the connection there because I like I don't I'm not sold yet on him doing it. I mean, but they they gave us everything. So they gave him sort of his past behavior. They gave us motive. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if Andrea dies, he's willing. He's staying to inherit you know eleven, twelve million dollars. So they gave us everything. Like they they they're, they're pointing the signal pretty tough. tough yeah, but I, but I, but I feel like I feel like it's not just that simple. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and with two episodes left to go, you kind of like this is where like the meta narrative of it comes along, where you're just like, but there's two more episodes. I'm really gonna like yeah. solve this in like 15 minutes into the next one. Then what's the rest of the se- what's the rest of the the season gonna be or whatever? Yeah. Come to find out, he was Hassan's personal trainer. Oh my god. Oh you know what I'm saying? God. And they plotted together. You know what I'm saying? I think you have. I think you have some 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 little brother issues. I think like you, you always want no. a little brother. And you no, I just got a pro- I got a problem with 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 this little dude who's just like. I, I just have they're just an inconsistency in their in their relationship. Nas hasn't asked about his brother. Okay, you're saying like he's talk, he's 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 even he's even made attempts to like reach out to family. You know what I'm saying stuff mm-hmm. like that. No little brother, nothing. No little brother, nothing. I'm just like I am very confused by all of this. <laughs> very confused. I'm like I'm like I'm like what they thought was a relationship clearly wasn't a relationship. You know what I'm saying your brother did not fuck with you. And you didn't fuck with him, cause like this, this, cause the way this is dissolved, I'm just like, I'm like just shady, so shady. I it mean, was, again, I don't really think it's dissolved. I don't think like the family is really okay. All right, but last episode, I'm gonna need Hassan to be up in court. Okay. If right. Nas does it, Hassan needs to go to court. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Like Nas is doing all sorts of weird things up in jail. He's tattooing his, he's tattooing his, his, his hands. Yeah, that's the one where I was like, come on, man. Like they can see that. Like you can cover up the other one. They gonna see Sinbad. Yeah, yeah. You can't go in there with gloves with, with yeah, your fingertips yeah. cut off and just sit up there in jail. Yeah. They gonna be like, "Dog, who's your boy?" <laughs> Get in your knuckles. So one has said sin. The other one says bad. Like nobody's gonna see them together. First of all, if you put them together, it's already bad enough because you got tattoos on your fingers. Right. And then one hand spells sin, <laughs> not very good for somebody on mur- on a murder trial. Exactly. Other hand, bad. Also not good for somebody facing all, murder all, trial. All I gotta do is put him up on the stand. You know what I'm saying? He put his hand right there. He's like, uh, just put your hands up real quick. <laughs> no further questions. Miss Weiss is going, she's going to eat him up. 
overall what's your rating of this episode um no a really good episode i think i think watching it the second time around i, I liked it more um but i mean we're definitely sort of leaving the more experimental the more not experimental but like sort of plot is really a, getting introduced at this point in the series like it's kind of a thing where like all right we have we have a couple more hours left we got to start putting the end game into place and seeing like finding out putting these red herrings into place seeing if one of them actually did it or if it was actually not so but they're, but they're doing a great job of it you know they're still keeping up with like the johnstone uh uh eczema plot line which has just been like some good comic relief and uh yeah like i said chandra really shines this episode i think it's her, her episode like where you get to see a little bit more personality from that character and and, and uh amara did a great job with it uh who amara Oh, Amara. Amara. Uh, what, what do you, what do you think about the possibility of DG doing that that crime? DG Dwight. <laughs> hey man, look. I don't. And I changed any, my mind. You know what I'm saying I don't like trust any young man still checking voicemail because your man Johnstone left that voicemail with confidence. What twenty year old is still checking voicemails like that? I mean, you get a you voicemail get, for you know you know what number it comes from though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still. But still, because you know, if you know, they had many conversations about like, yo, I left you a message, and he was just like, Dad, like, just text me. <laughs> like, I don't check those. I don't know, man. Like, in, anytime, I mean, like, you can smirk all you want. <laughs> Ask anybody, like, when your dad leaves you a voicemail, typically, if you see, you see how long it is, if it's mm-hmm. four seconds or if it's a minute and 22. If it's a minute and 22, trust me, because you don't want to go into that meeting not knowing what the fuck he said. Trust me. <laughs> you know what I'm As a person who doesn't answer his father's calls, I don't know, Dave. <laughs> it reeks in the commentary. You know what I'm saying? Now, when my mother leaves the messages, I can delete. <laughs> it's, been many, it's been many times when my father left me a voicemail. I just look at it like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. No, no. This is a different situation completely. It's real passive aggressive. I don't know if you listen to this. <laughs> Leave it in, though, Dave. Leave it in. I want him to hear it. <laughs> If he likes this one on Facebook, we, it's going to be real interesting. We joke through our tears. We just, <laughs> <laughs> what's it called? Laugh to keep him crying, Dave. <laughs> Laugh to keep him crying. And you know, well, you know what it's like. I, I could, I mean, I don't mind saying this. This is not a spoiler, yo. Like when I after, after watching episode seven, mm-hmm. yo, I think that might actually be his son, yo. <laughs> I think it might actually be his son. I don't know. I, I, I think still, it might be his son. I'm still like, yo, has to be from a previous marriage. I think like Steve and like the rest of the dudes who created the show. If does, you ask does, him, they just be like, <laughs> like, look, like, does John Stone look like a guy that would name his kid after Dwight Gooden? Yes, that's definitely a black man move, though. No, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> See how you paused? You no, thought I'm about sure, it for a second. No, no, not at all, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Because everything about him is just like you're know saying. Like, if anything, that is his base. The, uh, the. The black man with troubles, you know what I'm saying, is <laughs> like who overcomes something. He's like, okay, right. oh, okay. okay, I see. You know what I'm saying, like, I mean, like, just, I mean, like, yeah, good point, nah, good point. Nah, I mean, like, I put them all together. Robert De Niro, you know what I'm saying, all them, like, all them, like, <laughs> Ted, Ted Dancing, you know what I'm saying, all these. Nah, that was just a flag. That was just one. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, but there was others. You know what <laughs> yeah, there had to be others. There was others. You don't just go straight for Whoopi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta work your way up to Whoopi. You heard about him making. You heard about her like the blackface. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. 
I'm not gonna lie, I found it funny. Exactly, yeah. Like Whoopi did funny. it because it was funny. Like it, like people were offended, but Whoopi and it did, was a roast, right? Yeah, Whoopi, yeah. Whoopi did that because she was like, "This shit is gonna be funny." <laughs> <laughs> Only reason Jeff Ross hasn't done it yet because he don't think he can get away with it. He can't. He can't. <laughs> Ten Dancer was like, "I was on Cheers. I'm good. <laughs> I got one." He's like, "Also, oh, I'm dating Whoopi." <laughs> He's like y'all can't y'all can't call me racist. <laughs> Shane Holly, <laughs> you can call me a lot of things. But you can't call me racist. <laughs> so I, anyway, I'm just saying, your man John, Dwight Gooden didn't listen to that message. He was just like, I'm, I'm just gonna call him back. <laughs> you, I mean, I, I hit mean, him I, with that text like, "What up, Dad?" I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dive much more into this. It's, I mean, like, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> just saying that makes me think he could have done it. What? Listen to the voicemails in 2015? 20, 2014? 2014. He and, and his son. Has it been New Year's yet? He and his son. Oh, does this joint end on New Year's? That'd be dope. Oh, you haven't seen episode eight, so we don't know. Well, why, where where are they at in the- November-ish, I'm guessing? December? Huh, I didn't know. Well, I didn't I didn't see any, like, have, have they done, like, Thanksgiving or anything like that? No. No, no, no. It's also, I mean, usually those shows- Shows will do Thanksgiving episodes like when they know they're gonna air during Thanksgiving. So it's, oh, okay. like, it's not like a thing where I'm pretty sure they were just like we're not gonna confuse people airing this in August. Good point. With some uh, Christmas, but hey, you never know though. Okay, all right. You never well, know. question: Salim's Salim's business partners, Grimy. Sure. Oh, you mean his new uh, delivery friends or other people? No, his cab <laughs> dudes. Um, Are they grimy for putting the heat on them, or is this some real shit? It's real, yo. Like I, they got to do what they got to do. Like I get it. It's not. It's not as grimy. Salim, I, I don't think Salim can be mad at him. Like he can be mad at him because on, on an emotional level, he but seems to be though. He seems to be. I mean, of course, because because he's going through tough times, and it's just one more thing he's got to deal with. But at the end of the day, they're losing money too. Like what were they yeah. supposed to do? Just sit by and. And get their own uh, uh, job as a delivery man. You know so I mean? yeah, my son didn't want to kill beautiful white women. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? We raised our son well. <laughs> exactly. You know Your son out here pushing niggas down the stairs for no reason. <laughs> like it was a door. <laughs> Your man Nas did it, yo. <laughs> Your man. See, and that's, the, uh, that's the other good thing about this episode. As they're giving us more red herrings, they're also making it more plausible that Nas maybe does have some rage issues and maybe does have, you know, these things happening. Like, uh... Uh, early in the episode when Helen Weiss is talking to the to the toxicologist or whatever and she's just like I've seen people on this who can fly planes and I've seen people who crash which one do you want yeah you I want to hear mean? more about the aviator <laughs> the aviator yeah exactly <laughs> it's a great Scorsese movie what do you say <laughs> great Scorsese movie was it <laughs> it was pretty good it's pretty good the joint with uh it was one of the Leo joints it's about Howard Hughes I forgot I didn't know that was Scorsese interesting yeah. Interesting. So, all right. So, so Salim's Salim's team. They yeah. can't. They can't be mad at him. Can't, he can't be mad at. He, he, oh, he, he can't, can't be, mad. be mad at him. Like it's an emotional situation. But, I mean, what what other recourse do they have? Yeah. So sad when you go Chandra opens the door and it's Salim with the delivery. I was like, oh, shit, this shit's real. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now dissect that sec that scene for me. He, do you have a picture of it so I can look at it? No. I, that would have been that would have been an awesome. Picture. I would have been like, no, David, don't even click on it. Don't even click on it. They don't have that one. No, they don't have that one because it's kind of it's kind of like a, a big reveal. Um, yeah, that's a that's a really interesting montage, sort of like the night before the uh, the trial, right? Everybody, you know, we see the bomb with her new job. We see sort of everybody preparing for for the next day. Okay, getting their head right for the trial, and then your girl trying to order some Chinese. Oh. We don't know what it was. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> and your man Salim is like we don't 18, know. Chinese. Eighteen twenty. She could she could have been ordering something native of uh, the people that she that, that was delivering sure. it. Um, sure, sure. But all right. So 
but also here's the thing. Did he leave out of embarrassment or did he leave to be like, yo, this one's on me? I think it's a little bit of both, yeah. Uh, he's I, think, like, I think, yeah. I, I thought that too. I think it's definitely some like embarrassment, like she saw me like this, but I think it's also like some, because uh, uh, it's like, really? I'm going to take your money? I owe you like $50,000 $50, anyway. All yeah. Shit like that, you know what I mean? It's like, just take it. It's exactly. not going to make a difference. Exactly. <laughs> and it's undercooked. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's on you. Yeah, but it's definitely some some like, some some like uh, uh, Pakistan man pride going on there, too. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pakistan, Pakistan man pride or not, man, he's... he's He's taking it. He's taking it in the chin for his son, man. He's taking yeah. it in the chin when his other yeah. son did it. He's taking it in the chin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like he's taking it in the chin. I mean, he is. You're, like, you're gonna die on, on this Hassan Hill, huh? Absolutely. I if <laughs> like, I no if spoilers. I can cast, I ain't casting him for nothing. <laughs> no spoilers. You've seen episode seven. Still think he did it? <laughs> I still think he's shady. I still think he's shady. More court time, Noah's son. I still think he's shady. I still think he. I still think there's okay. there's a story. That is a question I would be like if if ever had to be part of a Q and A. I would I would I would be the dude in the back being like, "What's up, Hassan? How come nobody's talking about Hassan?" You know what I'm saying? Like, you know why? Because he didn't do it, David. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, we haven't talked much about Nas, but he really breaks bad in this episode. You know, what I mean, we talked about the tattoos. Yeah. So sort of we 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 find out about you know. His uh, 9-11 inspired uh, uh, hate crimes. He had, it was a tough time, door. though. It was yeah. a tough time. And he just cracked. It was a tough time. down the stairs, you know what I mean? It was a tough time. You know what I'm saying? He didn't know, he didn't know, he didn't know she was going to result in name calling during sex. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, whoa. Exactly. He had, that, he had that Muhammad thing still in his head, you know what I mean? Exactly. From earlier. Exactly. Then she just, she just doubled, I mean, she just, she just came at him like tenfold. Like nah, nah. He was like, she and got we know those type of women. Yeah, he's like, she gotta go. She's like, she gotta go. I love her, but she gotta go. <laughs> so I mean, all right. Well, uh, signing off. Uh, look forward to episode seven. Yeah. Um, if you have any parting words for Nando, say them now. Tell, um, tell them where they can listen to your uh, your other your other thoughts about other HBO series. But yeah, where we don't just sit and look at a picture and try to describe it. No, it's <laughs> it's even it's even sadder and geekier. <laughs> so it's funny because it's true, people. Uh, uh, yeah, wirepod.tumblr.com. That's where me and my friend Greg Sadash we do a podcast about the wire. My friend Greg Sadash has a, his own podcast, Debatable pod.tumblr.com it's on iTunes search debatable it's pretty good um, yeah if you want to hit me up on Twitter Arturo Morla yeah I'm around I'll be in these streets <laughs> alright <laughs> that was Fernando Madrigal ladies and gentlemen free Nas <laughs> okay so that's about enough of that now for our delightful interview with Amara Karen Amara drop your knowledge please this episode opens, the scene opens with John Stone cleaning his litter box on the kitchen counter so I mean is that something yeah. Doesn't that seem un- unhealthy? Is that something that you would do? Uh, clean your litter box on the counter. I think I think poor John's character is a single man, and he's just got this cat at the moment, and he is struggling with the eczema, and at the moment he's put, his head is probably not even in the right place. But I'm glad that you are aware of the hygiene issues around cleaning your cat litter on the kitchen surface. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it it, it, made, it made me cringe. I, I I moved on, but it made me cringe. So, uh, so N- Nazir is uh, he's really like kind of like uh, he's becoming really acclimated to uh, to jail now. I mean, he's getting knuckle tattoos. Yeah, he's getting. I mean, he got he got a knuckle tattoo. Yeah. Do you think the knuckle tattoo is really good for yeah. court? Yeah, 
Uh, no, I obviously don't, but I think he's got to survive in there. I think he's, you know, I think uh, Chandra, my character, is seeing obviously these changes, and obviously she's, she would rather he didn't um, do that to present himself in front of the jury. I mean, he could always cross his hands and keep them on his lap. Uh, <laughs> they can talk about how he can hide his tattoos. He's wearing obviously a full shirt, so he won't be exposing all of the tattoos in court, but um, no, I think you're right. I think Chandra and the defense team are a little concerned, more than a little concerned, that he's shaved his head, he's got these tattoos, and he's also he's doing drugs in there, and they know that. But I think when you are in that situation, and you, it's about survival, his reality is that he is in one of the most dangerous prisons, and he has to survive, and he's doing what he's doing. So, like, no one's judging him for that. Okay. You get it. it. Our characters get that he has to survive. You, um, I, I want to um to uh, to glue in on something that you said. So you said you said that they know that he's doing drugs in there. Like who who knows? Yeah. Well, John Turturro's character, you see in episode five, I think he says, "Look, if you, I know you have to do this," because he sees uh, Nas's character swallowing the uh, the drugs that he's being handed in in the in the prison. Um, from outside, from Pete's mum, yeah, and he's swallowing them. He's swallowing that they're, they're, they're drugs that are in like a, I don't know balloon or condom. They're in condoms. Sorry, they're wrapped up in condoms. Yeah, and so Nas's character is swallowing them, and bri- and therefore he's going to pass them through and then hand out the heroin or the the crack or whatever it is to everybody else in in the jail in, for Freddie basically, and the others in jail, and and and, and John's character because he's doing it right in front of us. Like John Stewart's character says, "What are you doing?" My character can see that he's looking around the prison. He's looking around at the other visitors in that scene. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I know exactly the scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I do. yeah. So I think I think that they're aware of what is going on, and it, they know it's common, and they're aware of what's going. I mean, certainly John Stewart's character is, and so he would have told Chandra that's what's happening, knowing something or doing something. He's just sitting right in front of her, so. I think they are aware that that is going down in there. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, my favorite scene in the in this episode is your meeting with the uh, the guy from the funeral home. So, uh, well, oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, why, I mean, why did why didn't your character see, uh, hang around for a little bit more? He see, he seemed like a he seemed like a decent guy. He didn't seem creepy at all. <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he found him. Really creepy, and if I'm honest, I'm like surprised she even stayed that long. I would have been out there in a flash. I would not be standing there asking him where he was that night, or where he went that night, because I would have literally wet myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think she's a pretty ballsy girl, and uh, she gets in way over her head. Uh, he he had two quotes in the, in his whole monologue that kind of. That kind of made me pause uh, the episode. She had that vibration, like she the cat and you the yarn. You a cat too? No. And he made a comment. Uh, you like you would ask. You said, "Was it Nas?" And he said, "That was no man. That was a ball of yarn." Like that's 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 when I was like, yeah. that's when I was like, you know what? You probably should leave. This is this is probably this probably isn't for you. Yes. This probably- exactly, exactly. I was like, oh my God. I would have left. I'd be like, okay, thank you, sir. Thanks for answering my question. Bye. <laughs> no, absolutely. But you- um, the, the vibration. You- I mean, she had that kind of vibration. Is like, 
it's actually a very interesting insight into her character, actually. And um, he is actually very, uh, he's actually, even though he's this creepy, weird guy, in, I do think that some of what he's saying, it does resonate. You know, like, she is someone who has that charismatic energy that is dangerous. She's a dangerous woman, is what he's saying. She's a dangerous woman, and she's the kind of woman that's able to manipulate a man and toy with him like a cat toys with a ball of yarn. Um, she's dangerous. Is that that's the sort of inference I think from from what uh, she, what, what that means about vibration. I I don't want to rush the judgment on him, but like my my projections are that he's a single man currently. I like I. I, I... <laughs> I feel like he's kind of stayed out of the dating game. So, but whatever. So speaking of the date. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so uh, in, in the show, uh, you break up with your boyfriend. What in happened? In real life, by the way, in real life, Asa is absolutely gorgeous and lovely and amazing and married with children. So and he's, he's so, he's absolutely gorgeous in real life. So it's such a, it was such a treat to play the scene out with that guy. I loved him. I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, good. That says how good an actor he is. Yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna ask. I was gonna like, did you avoid this man on set? Because, uh, but like, because he, but he didn't. No. <laughs> uh, is wait. Seriously, is, he's such a good actor. Is he British? He's such a good actor. I mean, no, he's American. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah, he's from New York. He's from New York. He's uh, he's such a good actor. Because, like I said, he was absolutely nothing like his character and we both of us got on so well i really enjoyed working with him and we had a real real fun connection actually with a great chemistry and a great connection so i think um i was so so pleased with those scenes when i saw them okay okay i appreciate that so uh in in the episode uh you break up with your boyfriend what happened there okay so obviously that's not explored, um, but <laughs> make it I up now. <laughs> that chance, well, it is going to be explored now. Thank you. she was like not able to like be a decent girlfriend to this guy that she was seeing and I think that she um, is sometimes you know your work life can take over and you get so obsessed with it and it becomes so big you you end up uh, what do you call it uh, neglecting your yeah. personal relationships in your friends and your family and then you end up being a bit of a douche and <laughs> <laughs> obviously you know, people feel let down. And if you're a boyfriend, you're going to be like, well, if you, you know, I this isn't fun anymore. Like, you, you, I don't see you anymore. And so you can, you know, if you want to come back to me, being with me, fine. But I'd like to see you fight a little bit for our relationship. So uh, we're going to break up now. And uh, then I can, you know, but it's hard because it is case and what she's doing is like a massive, massive case. I think Chandra sees that this case is more than just a murder case who killed this guy, I think she realizes the political ramifications. It's really looking and exposing the criminal justice system, and it's really exposing racial profiling. And the Muslim community have a lot of bad press, and this is just another one, another time that we see the Muslim community alienated. And I think Chandra knows that her role, not just as a defense attorney, but as 
a woman of color and a woman from the Asian, from the Indian diaspora, point of connection for the for the Western people, but also for the Muslim people. And I think you know that I think that's what's happening for her. She's really getting involved in this beyond what she's going beyond. She's going above and beyond in this case. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I did want to I did want to uh, not just joke around the entire thing, but t- talk about some serious stuff about the show. So I mean, like overall, like what what is yeah. what what has been the most rewarding part of this project? Gosh, um, I think it's so rewarding when people talk about the show with such a personal investment in the story. I think it's a real it's really rewarding when people like take it personally. And people get very annoyed and angry and shout at the TV and, you know, say, I can't wait for the next episode. What's going to happen? I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you did that. You know, it's wonderful when you hear feedback from people, journalists like yourself, where people have really are questioning me about all the backstory and all this detail, like you're asking me, you know, why, how did I break up with my boyfriend and all of this? Because there's such a level of depth and detail in the story that that. And people are taking it so personally, you know, that that is, they're so invested in the story. The stakes are so high. That is so rewarding. All, all, all aspects. I mean, because like the, the glimpse into the, uh, the criminal justice system is very raw, very real. And, you, and there's there's certain elements that you don't normally see in um, that you don't normally think about for, for someone who sits in that chair. Like, for instance, like having to sit and wait in the morgue with other people to identify a body or or. Uh, or Nasir, yes. Nasir's father's yes. the cab, the cab, the, the cab thing. The cab thing is magnificent because I'm like, because yes. they they're not going to get this cab. Because uh, I I try to picture. Well, what? All right, let me back up. What what I think is good about the show is that many people try to figure out what they would do in that situation, and like, and like I think that's I mean it's really powerful because like no no one would think about the about the pro like the the problems between like um, Salim and his and his business partners and stuff like that. Those those are like the untold stories when you're looking at like a defendant. Yes, yes. So, so yes, yeah. No, because I never knew that as well. I never knew all that stuff about the cab and that kit back, and that if if you you're screwed and all your partners are screwed, and actually those sorts of things you don't realize the repercussions of being accused of murder. The boring logistical. This is the boring shit, as you say, that no one's gonna follow. They're gonna just follow. Oh, the murder case. Oh my God, is he guilty or what? Or blah blah blah. I read an article actually about when the first episode aired where it said the show reveals, you know, you, you don't want to deal, you really don't want to deal with all of that boring crap. It is not glamorous getting getting arrested for murder. No. It is really a ball, a ball ache when your whole family and other, your family friends are all screwed. Absolutely. So, like, my, my, my prediction is, like, uh, the guy who does the show with me, who wasn't able to be here today, like I, I keep telling him, I think Hassan did it. How do I know Hassan? I don't I have no idea, but I think Hassan did it because Hassan seems seems very shady in the background to me. Ve- yeah, very shady. I'm just like, I'm like, how come this dude? Ha- okay, all right, this back. Would you? Would you? If your brother was in jail for that, would you go visit him? Yeah, of course he would, and he doesn't really shady. He is really shady, and look what he's doing at school. But I'm a-
so uh, who 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 on the show is would you say is best to work with? I know that's a hard question. Well, you probably don't want to reveal, but who but who who are you most excited? Who are you most excited, or do you think you have the most chemistry on screen with in this series? Well, I think I think John Turturro was exciting because obviously I've never met him before, and John is part of the fabric of Hollywood, and he's played some incredible parts and. Also, he's just so different to me, you know, like Riz. I was going to say Riz, but Riz, I actually met at university. We were both at Oxford together, and I've oh, really? seen Riz's career, and we're both British. And, you know, I, we, we, we've known each other. So it, it was wonderful to work with Riz, and Riz is so full of character and chemistry and energy. I love, I love working with Riz, but probably from a... From an interest, from an exciting point of view, John, I would say John Turturro, but just because I had never met him, and also as a kid, I had grown up watching Hollywood films and seeing John Turturro, and then for me to sort of be working with him was a real, like it was very screwed up in my head to believe that was happening, that I had sort of suddenly got myself to the position where I was working with John in an amazing, magnificent um, project. You know, because that that makes cause like I said, John is from a totally different part of the world. He's got a different background. He's part of these very testosterone fueled, gritty films, big films. And you know, I had never met him before, and he's such a character of New York. Yeah, you know, he's so New York, and I'm so not New. I'm so London in my actual personality. You know, I'm obviously born and raised in London, so. Just in terms of working with someone who was a legend, who was someone I saw from a very, very, very long way away as a kid. Okay. I'd say John was exciting. He's so full of personality and, you know, he he's, he's so New York as well. He's got that brutalness, that humor, that Italian that you know immigrant that um friendly warm vulnerable everything he's sort of he really for me sums up one of the characters in this film which is new york yeah yeah it's interesting it's interesting you say that i mean new york is is absolutely a, a very vital part of the of this uh series so only a few more questions uh so like this is a question we ask for every guest okay um, so, yeah. so uh, we read somewhere uh, that every great artist secretly performs for an audience of one. So, as your career continues to evolve, who's the one person besides self that you're always trying to impress? Who is always the, the person beside myself? I'm always trying to impress. Yes. Did you say? Yes. Um. Wow. Um. You know, do you mean like you? You obviously the audience is a big audience, so you that's not personal to perform for one. Are you, is, do you mean like a teacher or your boyfriend or yeah, someone yeah, yeah, you're really some, impressed by? Yeah, personalized. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think you know when you perform on set, you're performing for your director, <laughs> and you know I have. No, no, but I mean, I mean that by that. I mean that in, in, in terms of question, like a Stevens alien on this particular project was. He's a legend. He's got a pedigree bar none. So I wanted to impress Steven. I really did. I, I, I really implicitly trusted him, and I knew that he would 
really direct this supremely well, but to the point where I would learn something about filmmaking and 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 the whole process of filmmaking itself. Um, he's a very very experienced filmmaker, and he has written some of the most. I mean, he's written Schindler's List, yeah, which is one of the most important films in cinema. So, because of his extremely high pedigree, I think if I was going to personalise it for this production, for this film, for this show, it would be Stephen. Really, I, if Stephen likes what I'm doing, then I am very happy okay. because I really love his work and I respect his lens, his point of view, and I respect what he's done with this and how he's directed it. And I, I you know, I love Stephen very much and. Also, Stephen's written these women of colour in the show and these men of colour in the show. And I think that's also another gift. And it's very, very important, particularly for a woman of colour, to be up front and centre and to show, you you, you know, to, 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 for people to relate to you, for people to see you and hear you and understand you. We need these images and icons. So I, I know that, I also respected Stephen massively for having the vision to broaden the canvas of characters that we're seeing in film and television. Uh, that, that that was beautiful. <laughs> that, that was like I, I, I. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, I was. Yeah, I was. I was like, I was like, look at her go. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I really, I really appreciate you saying that Thank because, you. because, because, yes, um, for uh, for people of color like myself and uh, that, that view the show. I mean, it's it's good to see it's good to see faces that you know, faces in like uh, stories stories that that you can relate to as opposed to ones that you cannot. Yes. So I am going to. Yes. And the... no, keep going. What are you saying? No, I was just saying the re- that you've got to relate. It's not just to, to see people of color. You know, I see sometimes people of color or different ethnicities in shows, but to relate to them, to be on board with their story is a totally different experience. And that is what makes changes. That is what makes waves. That is what I'm looking for, you know, um, and, and, uh, and to bring out, highlight the aspects of your race, of your particular race, is what I'm looking for that people so that we do understand and we do see see each other and this is what happens you know when I was a kid I saw an Asian actress from the Indian subcontinent do some acting work and writing work and writing a wonderful film and that really affected me because I was like wow if they can do it maybe I can too but if I don't see that image if I don't see that role model I, I don't believe in the vision of, of more being possible Oh, okay. Well, uh, I, I, I got I got to end on that because nothing more poetic than that. I mean, I appreciate. It. I, I I got you. So, so Amara, uh, you, you you killed thank it. Thank you, thank you thank you so much for doing this. Hope this was I hope this was painless. Thank you. And I, and I, and I hope you have a. Uh, I can't wait to speak to you again. <laughs> that was Amara Karen, who plays Chandra Kapoor on HBO's The Night of. Special thanks to her for, for speaking with us and special thanks for those who helped arrange it for making it happen. So keeping with tradition, uh, we're going to end with a song from Nas's Illmatic. Hopefully this particular track will uh, send some of you uh, down memory lane. I rap for listeners, blunt heads, fly ladies and prisoners, Hennessy holders and old school niggas, then I'll be dissing an unofficial demo coolie tie. I dropped out of coolie high, gas the vibe, cocaine, cutie pie, jungle survival, fuck 
money wise a physiology Poetry that's a part of me Retardedly bop I dropped the ancient manifest of hip hop Straight off the block I reminisce a park chance My man was shot for a sheep coat Chocolate blessing make me see him dropping my weed smoke It's real grew up in tripe life The times of white lines The high fights Murderous night times The night fights and bright crimes Chill on the block with cardiac cold strap With my peeps that's in the drug money market interact No sign of the beast And a blue price law I guess that means peace For niggas no shice device Till just snipe ya Start off the dice roll